0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs?
1: Yo, yo, name, yo, yo.
0: My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. It's popping, Rick. What's up? I am getting disappointed. Okay. So I watched, you know, the NBA finals last night. Did you? Yeah, just the last 5 minutes. Okay. Didn't I didn't engage in the whole game. I was watching um I was watching with my wife that documentary making a murderer with Stephen Avery. But that's like old news too. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like a documentary that everyone talked about 3 years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about it now. Um but no, I I turned on the NBA Finals and then it was over and I was you know happy for the Nuggets. Congratulations, Denver Nuggets! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and then I turned uh, I turned it off and I was like, "What hell am I supposed to do for the next two months?" The Red Sox. Pain. Yeah. What What is baseball? Especially when your team sucks. But anyway, uh, do, do they suck? They're 33 and 34, so I guess there eh. <laughs> is mediocre as it gets, my dog. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we're we're in the dog days. We're in the dark days. The off season, like uh, mandatory mini camps, are this week for most teams, um, and I believe that th- it's going to stretch out into you know uh, I would say middle late June. Uh, but once those mini camps are over, uh, it is basically. Vacation time for the NFL players until uh, midway through July, uh, when they can start their training camps. So um, we are about a month and a half to a month away from training camp, which is exciting. Uh, but we have to get through the the dark days, the dog the dog days of summer. Yeah, the dark days. Yeah. So it's it'll it'll be interesting, but. In that meantime, you got this podcast to listen to. We got to prep yeah. for fantasy football and we got to prep for those those 4 months out of the year where you get to freaking contend for a fantasy championship um and most likely have pain in your home leagues.
1: Yeah. If you're tired of losing, you got to listen to us this summer. We'll yeah. help you out.
0: We'll help you out. Um so today we're going to talk about sleepers uh, and continue our sleeper series. Uh, next week, we do have a mock draft, and then we're going to do sleeper quarterbacks. Um, our second show this week is, or however it gets organized, um, is tight end sleepers. So our next show will be tight end sleepers. But uh, we have a lot of stuff to jump into uh, about the wide receiver sleepers that we have. Um, so before we do that, check our website, fantasygyms.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those podcast platforms, please leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. You're watching YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for the notifications. Like so and comment down below any questions you may have for us. Also, uh, let us know who your number one wide receiver sleeper is for this year in the comments, um, and who you've been targeting in drafts. Uh, I don't want hate mail here. Okay, I mean, like, I, I laugh at the comments to be honest with you when when people write. I I can't believe you put this person on the li- like. You know what I realize about society? You're all fricked up. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Rick took on society, the burden of society. <laughs> Somebody just commented on one of my things just to disagree with me on Twitter, and I was like, "What's what's the point of like you? Have, you don't comment on any of my stuff, and then you see something you disagree with, you jump in." And you, you just develop sometimes, a hot take. Sometimes it's young. fun. Sometimes it's fun uh, I, I, to do that. So. But Twitter is, Twitter is definitely a dark place. It I would give you that. Place. And YouTube is too. Like what, what, what different – like if you disagree, that's fine. It's fine. It's okay to disagree with people. Who is that guy and that I'm made sorry. those comments back in the day uh, about that, the third string running back for the Cardinals? What was it? Who's the Who's the third string running back for the Cardinals? The guy everyone was talking <laughs> about. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult question. It's a deep question. I don't know, but everyone thought he was going to be real good, pass catching back, and or this guy was like, oh yeah, very Cardinals, yeah, or this running back, yeah, he was getting all off in the comments, and and then he sucked. So that wasn't Chase Edmonds, was it? No, it was the guy under Chase
1: Edmonds. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's his name? You know, to- Benjamin? Yes. Is that too. Re- oh, okay. I say, it. Is, that too is recent? he still
0: around? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can disagree in the comments. I don't care. But <clears throat> leave who your favorite sleeper wide receiver is. Um, we are going to try to get through this, Uh, you know, expeditiously. Can you say in this every show?
1: Doesn't usually work. Out, no, but. it doesn't.
0: Um, but anyway. All right, let's start with the the first guy, and I'm going to let Rick take this one because he. I want him to give the devil's advocate here because he has been cooling on this player a little bit. Um, but it's Kadarius Tony, sleeper number one. Right now, um, I believe we talked about accuracy-wise, I don't really care, but I think he was wide receiver 38.
1: Yeah, he's somewhere in that range. In that uh, range. I think on underdog, he is... Right now, wide receiver, 30, yeah, 38. And on his, um, his
0: direct ADP on Sleeper is um uh, around the range of one, uh, not one, I, I started with a one, sorry, Tony, uh, in 90. So he is he's deep in drafts, usually around yeah. eight to ten. Um, So, you know, depending on how your league feels about Kadarius, Tony, you can definitely get him later. Um, I personally, yeah, I'll get into it in a second. Tell me your thoughts on Kadarius, Tony.
1: Well, he's a guy who, on paper, should be not only number one on this list, but should be by a long shot because he has the ability to be a really good fantasy wide receiver. Mm -hmm. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes, and he has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one in that offense or wide receiver two if you count Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything is there for Kadarius Toney. My biggest question with him, though, is just the health. Because you're going to draft him, and you're going to be really excited about him, and he's going to get hamstring in week two, and then he's going to be in and out of your lineup, mostly out for the rest of the year. So I think that is a real, real possibility. And if that happens, it almost feels like you're wasting the draft pick. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the risk-to-reward factor with him is, is just – I think – the the reward does outweigh the risk with his ADP especially at pick you know and this is why he's on this list cuz at pick 90 he's just going to be on your bench that's a bench it's going to be like your top bench spot anyway right
0: yeah
1: um so if you're taking a a guy on your bench i will take the chance that he can be a elite wide receiver um yeah. and i would take that risk every day because if you hit on it, mm-hmm. that gives you such a huge advantage. And it's one of those things that could win you. He he could be a league winner um, at pick 90, which you don't really get very often, but you do have to understand the risk with Kadarius Tony. He's probably one of the riskiest guys to draft yeah. because of his injuries. Um, but if you do hit on him, you're going to hit, you're not hitting, you're, you're swinging for the fences. You're hitting a grand slam. If you do hit on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I think there's, there's a, with Tony, the reason why he's a sleeper is I think there's a wide range of outcomes that mm-hmm. makes him risky. He could get hurt.
1: Yeah. It's very reasonable is, outcome. I think the number one <laughs> yeah, this is Yeah.
0: That is his number one physical attribute that he has shown in the NFL. Get hurt. Yeah. Um, but no, he can he he actually like he's shown that he can be a really good receiver, so it's like if he's healthy, he's on the field, there's a good chance that he ends up being a top-end, you know, wide receiver in the NFL. Like he could be finish, in fantasy football, he could finish in the top 24. Um and you know, if that does happen for him, you're talking about a player who finished I mean, um, who's getting drafted right now at 38, 39, 40 um mm-hmm. finishing 20 spots higher. You know, if that if that was something to ha- if that were something that would happen in your drafts during the season, that's obviously a massive benefit, which is what makes him a sleeper. I think his chances of completely breaking out and becoming the next Tyree Kill for the Chiefs are at like four um, percent, and like him being a top twelve fantasy wide receiver, kind of low on the percentage chance total. Like,
1: I will give you nine percent. I'll yeah, I was going to say nine or,
0: 9 or 10. I mean, like, if he turns into Tyreek Hill, that's like a 3 or 4 Tyree Tyreek Hill, maybe not, but like the top 12 yeah. wide receivers, Yes. I, I think like that's a possibility. 9 or 10% is probably on the table, but I think the chances of him, which is why he's so low, getting hurt or busting are significantly higher than his chances of finishing high. Now, I do think that the reason why he's a sleeper for me is because if he's on the field and he's healthy, I do believe that he's going to outperform his ADP. He's the best wide receiver on the team. Yeah, he's the best wide receiver on the team. So, like there's going to be opportunity for him even if it's only 120 targets like he he w- he will outperform the ADP that he is currently getting drafted at um and it'll be really good. So, that's the reason why I like Darius Tony um I did see recently uh, the reception perception chart by Matt Harmon was mm-hmm. released for him. Um probably not great. And uh, no, no, it's none of his But roles. he's not
1: like he's not a pure white he, he kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of um oh what's a good I mean he he I think has more upside than this guy, but he reminds me of like Tavon Austin. Where he's just like a human joystick. He's you just got to get the ball in his hands, like screens Mm -hmm. and stuff. He'd be insane. But he's not like a pure route runner. You know, he's not a pure vertical threat guy either. He kind of is like maybe like he's he's a less physical Debo, right? Debo's not like a yeah elite route runner either. But we saw him have a great fantasy season. I think if the Chiefs used Canarius Tony like Debo, he'd get hurt. But. they could use him in that way and if he didn't get hurt he would have a monster fantasy year
0: yeah yeah so uh just to give you success rates versus different coverages against man sure. uh 58% which is 16th percentile against zone 73% which is 17th percentile and press Ooh. is 60% uh 27th percentile so that's three uh, that's just on last year um, those are all reds right yeah those are bad so you got to give me the colors bro um, i don't know how to do math <laughs> His chart is like half green, half red, and there's, okay. there's no yellow. That's well, even worse. Yeah. Um. Hold on. I'm gonna tag you on on just so you can see it because we gotta move on to the okay. next guy. But I'll tag you on. Uh, now while you're see.
1: doing that, let me ask you a question because I've seen gray. some people have this take. If you do think Toney Tony's gonna get hurt, would you rather just draft like Sky more in like the thirteenth round or the twelfth round, wherever he's going?
0: Um, I think you could do both. I don't. I don't think there's yeah. a, There's a one or the other situation. I agree um, with that.
1: I think you could do both, because I think if Tony does get hurt, yeah. you know receivers don't have handcuffs, but Sky Moore could kind of be in a way a handcuff yeah. to Tony, because if Tony got hurt, Sky Moore is like you're probably getting like seven, eight targets, and game. they also
0: have Rasheed Rice, who has the same draft capital as Sky Moore. So yeah, like there's there's a lot of different outcomes for the Chiefs. But I did before we move on, I, I did want to say the 2021 with the Giants profile. um, Against Man, better? he was 5th percentile. Against okay. Zone, um, which is worse, obviously. Against Zone, he was 63rd percentile. And against Press, he was 11th percentile. So he, he improved Ooh. in Man and Press. Um, but Zone, he looked worse. And I think it was just the way the Chiefs were utilizing him. And I also think it's the fact that this dude literally cannot stay on the field. So we I don't even think we have a large enough sample size to you, look at a chart don't. like this and say,
1: you know. Oh, he hasn't a, played a full year in the NFL. Yeah. So, or even come close.
0: There's a lot of storylines with Kadarius Tony. Um, if he was a little bit more consistent and steady, and we have seen more from him, I think I would be more willing to put him on a breakout show. Um, but I'm not there with him because I just don't. I, I like he's a sleeper to me because I just don't know that he can get to that. He's know,
1: somebody too that like he. So last year, with, just with the Chiefs, so three games started, seven games played. He had 59 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. I think he's a, and this is why I compare him to Debo, even though Debo's much more physical, Mm -hmm. different play styles. But I think he's a guy that they could use him in end arounds like they use Tyreek Hill and in creative ways to get him the ball. I think he's a guy that could push over 100 rushing yards and a couple rushing touchdowns, which would help his fantasy numbers. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. All right. Any more thoughts on Tony?
1: No, we can move on to the next guy.
0: Okay, I'll talk about Jordan Addison first because Rick also is kind of, um, he's kind of come back on Jordan Addison a little bit. Um, I still like Jordan Addison, so right now, just to give you some of the information on Jordan Jordan Addison, um, he is uh, ADPing at 83, so he is a couple spots behind Kadarius, uh, in front of K- Kadarius Tony. Um, and I believe he is the 38th wide receiver, where Tony is the 40th wide receiver off the board, according to Sleeper. Um, so to me, obviously we, we don't have an NFL sample size for, uh, for Jordan Addison. Um, but all the things I've said in the past kind of hold he's going, I feel like this player out of all the receivers that are coming into the NFL this year is the one that can have success straight out the box. And the reason why I say that is because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of vacated opportunities for a team, um, in Minnesota who lost Adam Thielen and, you know, doesn't really have another slot receiver. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they could go with, uh, you know, Jordan O'Labisi or uh, I don't even know if he's still with the team or uh, who's the other Does guy. Does K.J. Osborne KJ play the Osborne. Slot. I don't know. I have no idea. But neither of those guys, like, you, you don't draft Jordan Addison in the slot that you draft Jordan Addison, um, which is in the first round with pick 23 and then start, K.J. Osborne or other guys ahead of him. like It might happen the first one or two weeks of the season, but I think there's a real situation where Jordan Addison in three wide receiver sets and even two wide receiver sets is going to be on the field a majority of the time from week one on. So this could be a player that jumps off the page right away. Um, Vikings do have a good draft history with the... (laughs) receiver position is very true hitting on digs hitting on justin jefferson hitting you know on other guys so you could even go further back back i think they drafted
1: rainy moss right
0: yeah adam thielen they've had some good receivers so addison addison coming in and having success year one for me is not you know outside of the range of possibilities um and I think he's a sleeper because right now you can get him pretty cheap, and I think he'll outperform that wide receiver 38. Is there a chance that he doesn't perform up to that um, value? Yes, uh, you know, but I don't think he'll finish any worse than wide receiver 40 this year if he's healthy and he stays on the field. I think he'll get the target. Like he's probably going to get 100 to 120 targets. Um, I'm not going to project him out for the Adam Thielen workload when he was healthy, but like uh, I-, I think there's a good chance that he could have success. In the slot yep. on this team uh, and and move the ball forward. Now, I'm, I'm more interested, Rick, as to what the negatives are from you on Jordan Addison being a sleeper.
1: Well, it's just, it's interesting that you get a rookie wide receiver mm-hmm. that has a high, kind of a high ish floor, which I feel like he does because he's going to have that opportunity. But I just look back at what Daly did last year. Mm-hmm. He played a full 17 games and he was the wide receiver 30. So, like, I think if Addison comes in and gets that role, probably he's not also, week one, but let's say old. week three or four. He is old. Uh, but Addison's also a rookie. So, like, yeah. it might take him a little bit to get him to the point where he could be h- really highly successful. It might take him, like, week six, week seven, week eight, wherever that point is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, like, being a sleeper is a guy who – we're looking at and we're saying, how is he in this range? He's getting slept on. Right. I think Addison where he's going, isn't too, too crazy. Mm-hmm. I do still like him. And I think at his spot, I would, I would still draft him. Um, but I, I like, I, like I just look at what Daly did last year and I see that Jefferson is still there. Mm-hmm. And I see that TJ Hawkinson now to me, I think is kind of the second target as well. So He's the third target to me in that offense, which is still good. And he's going to get that opportunity. I just don't know like what his, I I don't think he's got a crazy high ceiling year one um, because of that. But again, does he have a high floor and for a rookie? Absolutely. And I think, will he be productive for a rookie? I think absolutely. And um, for considering where he's getting drafted, would I draft him? Absolutely. So it's not it's not necessarily an indictment on him. I just don't know like like if he started to move up boards, I'd kind of be Oh afraid. yeah.
0: Yeah, no. If he if he starts moving up to like wide receiver 30, 29, 28, like I'm going to start fading Ooh. a little bit because I I don't want that. But as of right now, if he stays in that wide receiver 40 range, which is where he is now, Ooh. um and I can get him in the 8th, ninth 10th round as a sleeper, then I will I'll take that all day. So Yeah. Um All right, any more thoughts on Jordan Asa? No. Okay. Um third guy, this is Rick's guy. So I'll let Rick take this one, but um Elijah Moore uh who is he's uh I believe in the same vicinity as some Actually no, he's a deeper play. Uh he is pick 120, which I think is a really Only once. a really good uh selection, so he's deeper in drafts. Uh, I don't know the number. I'm not really going to try to figure that out. Um but you know uh he's he's later in drafts. So, um, you know, if you're in a 12 team, uh, you know, draft that's 15 rounds, this guy is going yeah. to be right in the middle of rounds 10 and 15. Um, and it definitely, uh, attainable. Like you yeah. can, you can get him on your team. So Rick, give your thoughts as to why you think Elijah Moore is a, is a good, um, sleeper.
1: Well, it's funny. Cause I think last year he was probably on our list and we got him wrong. And that was because of me. Cause I had, I was definitely the one pushing for that. I think with Moore is, like, I think people forget, like, he had a really good rookie year. Um, he got injured, I think, in week, like, 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a stretch. Remember Brandon Ayuk's rookie year where he had, like, it just a, from week, like, once he figured it out, he had, like, a five- or six-week stretch where he was just consistently getting double-digit fantasy points? Yeah. Elijah Moore did that his rookie year as well. And then he got hurt and didn't play the rest of the season. So going into year two, it felt like a big breakout was coming – and he's kind of a diva receiver, as we noticed, and the Jets decided with Garrett Wilson that they were going to use Elijah Moore on the outside, which he's not that type of receiver. and Elijah Moore didn't like that, and he eventually requested a trade and they benched. so he basically barely played last year. Mm-hmm. um it he was healthy, but he wasn't um involved at all. So he kind of had a write-off season. Everybody's out on him now. He's still. Requested the trade, ends up getting traded to the Browns. And I think with Cleveland, there's opportunity there. He's gonna be the wide receiver two right away. Yeah. And I know it's training camp pipe videos and all this bull crap that's out right now in, in June. But the early reports, if you look up Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. is that he's dominating early camp and Deshaun Watson loves him. Um he's getting targeted mm-hmm. a lot in training camp. Training new toys. Um there's all these like Videos of him getting like touchdowns and stuff, so yeah. the the hype is already there. He's clearly, I think, a talented player. AJ Brown said he's the best receiver that he's ever played with, um, which I think is, you know, it take that with a grain of salt. But comments like those, I I do tend to value a little bit um, from his peers. Like a lot, have you seen him run routes? to he's filthy. He's one of those shifty guys. Mm-hmm. So I think his ability is there. He just never has been able to put it together. And a lot of people are out on him, and rightfully so. And he could burn me two years in a row, and I'm not denying that. But I do think he has the talent. And for where he's going, why not? He's pick 120 right now yeah. on Sleeper. That's the Odell range. That's the Adam Thielen range. That's the Alan Lazard range. Like, Why not take a flyer on Elijah Moore? a guy who has that ability and talent and could break out mm-hmm. in year number three. Um, and like I said, the opportunity is there. The Browns outside of Amari Cooper don't really have that much, unless you believe in uh, Donovan people Jones um, having another pretty yeah. decent year, but right. I'll tell you, Elijah Moore is definitely the more talented player. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think it could work out. And at that spot, He's getting drafted so low that I think it's worth the flyer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, looking at some of his reception perception charts, uh, even from last year, uh, obviously not a huge sample size. There's a lot of really good things for Elijah Moore. Um, you know, but his, you say he's trapped. His, <laughs> I don't like his <laughs> attitude.
1: Yeah. No, I get that. But he, like Garrett Wilson and him both complained last year. I feel like, Bill Wilson's complaints Jets. were less warranted. Like, at least Elijah Moore, they weren't using him right. They kind of buried him. Like, he had at least reasons to complain. Mm. I don't think Gary Wilson really did.
0: So, Jets year one, 81st percentile against man, 76th percentile against zone, 70th percentile against press, which is very good. Um, and then in 2022, the chart kind of looks similar um, with pretty much everything green uh, in terms of the routes, and uh, you know, with the exception of a couple, uh, but he had 70, 74th percentile against man, thirty seventh percentile against zone, seventy eighth percentile against press. So, him going to Cleveland, I think. I think the the benefit of him going to the Browns is obviously that I think the Browns suck at the wide receiver okay. position outside of yeah. Amari Cooper, and I don't think Amari Cooper is all that good either. Um, and he's old. Fair but. enough. So to me, I think there's a really good chance for Elijah Moore to ascend into a number two, number one kind of position on that football team. And if he's talented enough, he can, you know, which we know he's shown it before, um, he can break out and have a really good um, season with the Cleveland Browns. The question Mm -hmm. is, does he get the opportunity or does he let his attitude and his, you know, uh, emotions get in the way of that, which is what happened last year with the jets. You know, you don't, you don't get on the field by complaining, especially when you haven't really proven anything in the NFL to begin with. So if he has a better attitude with Cleveland and and he gets on the field and he earns his, you know, his targets, then I think he should be fine. Uh, To me, I think like Rick said this in that same vicinity, when you're talking about guys like Odell, Alan Lazard, you know, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, Rondell Moore, you know, yeah. even Darnell, Jonathan, Mingo. <laughs> Jonathan Mingo, even Darnell Mooney. Like there's some guys I like in here, Jameson Williams being one of them. But like, yeah, at one twenty three, when you're talking about a tenth or eleventh around brown selection, Elijah Moore is not a bad pick. So um, mm-hmm. I would I would I would also be one to to go after Elijah Moore. I think he's not a bad, definitely not a bad selection. Um, but let's move to the next guy who is George Pickens. Um, and Pickens is a little bit more, uh, I, I feel like he is, um, what do we call it? Um, volatile for the fantasy community, because I feel like there are people who really, really like him. Yeah. And and there are people who are like, eh, no. And they change their minds. So right now he's pick 79. Um, he is two spots higher than Addison. So he's going around pick 35 at wide receiver, 35 or 36 off the board. So a little bit higher, a little bit more draft investment. Um, but I do think when you're talking about drafting quarterback, I mean, wide receivers that late, there's a good chance that the player is not going to start on your team. Um So, but Pickens, I mean, it, all you have to do, like, I, I know the, 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 mentality with George Pickens is like, you know, obviously he didn't put up massive numbers last year. Um, You know, he had 85 targets, 52 catches, 801 yards, four touchdowns. So, you know, he, he had some, he had some decent numbers, but he had nine fantasy points per game, which was basically wide receiver 48 and in PPR. And so when you look at George Pickens, I think there's a lot of people who look at that and go, okay, well, he really didn't perform that well you know, the 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 Steelers are now going into their second year with Kenny Pickett, and, you know, hopefully he takes a leap forward, but if he doesn't, you know, there's bad things there. They still have Deontay Johnson on the team, so, you know, he's going to siphon targets away. So it's going to be hard for a guy like George Pickens to get opportunity, um, and if you're a stats guy and you just look at that, you're like, eh, Pickens ain't going to be that good. And then you pull up some highlights. You pull <laughs> up some film highlights. from last year. And there are some catches. Like yes, we're not talking about like highlights like Kadarius Toney highlights where he's glitchy and he, you know, makes guys miss and it's fun to watch. Right. We're talking about one handed Odell Beckham catches from this guy. So he's got it. He's got it. Like when it comes to the X receiver in the NFL. He's a dog. He's a dog. Um and I, I really like George Pickens. Kinda pissed the Pats didn't get him. Kinda pissed but it is what it is they passed on him too didn't yeah, they they passed on him 1000% That's right. um so anyway he he has some you know there there's a lot of like inconsistencies and you know usually this is what we see from rookie wide receivers is the inconsistencies his reception perception chart looks decent you know um i want to say 5 of his routes are all green 4 of his routes are all red so it's like you're just talking about some inconsistencies here in his route running in his game, 34th percentile against man, fifth percentile against zone 69th percentile against press. I, I think you can improve in the man and zone department. Um, but against press being 69th percentile, that shows me that he can get up, catch the ball and make contested catches and all of that. So I like that from George Pickens. I think there's good things to be said about George Pickens. and I think there's a chance that he could ascend with the Steelers, if Kenny Pickett ends up being good, even higher and be similar to that Kadarius Tony, where there's like a five to 10% chance he ends up a wide receiver one this year. I like him outperforming his ADP though, um, of 82. I think, you know, he'll definitely outperform that. I think he'll be higher than wide receiver 36 this year. And I think he'll have a really good season. And I think a lot of people are just kind of putting him on the back burner right now because he didn't have a great statistical season and the Steelers didn't look good last year. And all will
1: a rookie. I mean, that's not that bad.
0: No, no, it's that, that, what the numbers are definitely not that bad.
1: Yeah. And I think it, he's actually even lower on underdog. He's wide receiver 39. I do think he has valid concerns for everything you said, and not to mention the fact that his quarterback's Kenny Pickett, that we don't really know about. Mm. And he's, you talked about Elijah Moore being a diva. George Pickens is. The definition of a diva wide receiver. There was games last year where he like threw his helmet. He had like one target in the first half. and He threw his helmet nice. at some at, like at, like the bench. And you- you've seen clips of him in oh, college. Man. Like he got into like five fights. Like he was fighting people last year as a rookie in training camp. Like yeah. he's like the definition of like like if anyone's gonna be the new Antonio Brown attitude wise, it's probably George. Pickens. It's always the Steelers, man. Yeah, of course, because they like that. And that's why he fell in the draft. Because because pre-draft, a lot of people had him as like a late first round Mm -hmm. type of player. And he ended up going like at the end of the second round. So he fell like a full round because of that. Um, So you do have to, you know, take that into consideration. Um, But I, I don't... The one critique that people have about him that I don't get is the ability because... If you just watched any Steelers games You've seen what he can do He clearly has ability um, And he's He is that prototypical X Receiver that could be a stud in this League yeah and I I do think He had a good rookie year like people Using that against him too I don't agree with Because people The expectations after Jamar Chase Jalen Waddell Justin Jefferson all these Guys like that's not what you See out of a rookie typically like finishing as the wide receiver 40 as a rookie is fine. That's fine. That's not a bad year. He had, he was on pace for, I think, um, if you take out the first two games of the season where he really wasn't the starter and he wasn't involved, he only had, um, two catches in those first two games, but once he kind of became this, a starter, um, he was on pace for a pretty decent year, uh, about a thousand yards. um, sixty something catches, so not bad at all. Um and I think he he's a pretty good value at his spot as well. Um but he's another guy that he he could burn out. He's kinda like Tony, I feel a little bit not, not nearly at the same level as Tony, but he's somebody who could burn out because he could get, you know, in a fight with the coaching staff, could get buried in the depth chart. Kenny Pickett could suck. Like there's there's definitely things that could happen where he ends up not having a great year, but he's got the ability to also have a really really good year. And if Pickens ends up being a good quarterback, I think Pickens is going to have a monster year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, don't disagree. Um all right, let's talk about the last guy, Rashad Bateman. Um yeah. right now his um his ADP on Sleeper is 111. So he is Ugh. he's uh, he is like Elijah Moore in that deeper range in the draft. Um,
1: pick forty four on or not pick forty four forty fourth receiver on underdog.
0: Yeah, so he is. Hello,
1: Brandon Cooks, Quentin Johnston, Gabe Davis.
0: He's definitely a deeper draft selection. He's a guy that you can put on your bench and and hold off for. Um, and last year was a little bit of a disappointing case study because year one, I think the reception perception charts that I read um, from Matt Harmon were pretty good: seventy fourth percentile against man, eighty fifth percentile against zone, eighty first percentile against press. So he had a lot of success against most coverages. Um, In his rookie season and last year, I think people were like, okay, this guy's going to come out, you know, break out and have a really good year. Uh, He Mm -hmm. ended up getting hurt, had 28 targets, 15 catches, 285 yards, two touchdowns. So there's, there's some good things here with Rashad Bateman. One, I would like to say, I don't think Odell is capable of playing a full season healthy in the NFL anymore. And I could be wrong about that. And if he does, congratulations, Odell. But I would say at this point in the game, it is unlikely to me that Rashad Bateman finishes. I mean, uh, that Odell finishes the season completely healthy. So I think that makes Bateman the number one guy on the team for the most part at this point. Um, there is concerns for me when it comes to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, you know, uh, not Jackson Smith. Uh, yeah, not sorry. Wow. Why did I say Jackson Smith and Jigba? I was like, I knew I said the name wrong. I knew I said the wrong name. I was like, what am I doing? Um, Zay Flowers being there, but he is a rookie. He'll probably play in the slot. So there's some, you know, there's some situations there that you have to deal with. Um, but to me, I I think there's definitely upside with Bateman. It's just, I worry about the Ravens. Now I do think he's a sleeper. I do think he'll outperform wide receiver 40. I think there's a lot of good things for him. And I think he'll, you know, he can finish as a top 24 to 30 wide receiver, and, you know, if you get him and he breaks out and has a really good season, then that's good for your team. But my concerns with Rashad Bateman are just more related to the friggin' Baltimore Ravens throwing 300 times a season. That's, that's <laughs> dramatic, but they don't throw a lot. And when you have three guys that are arguably, you know, going to get targeted, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, four guys— I don't know how multiple players on that team can have good fantasy seasons. Mark Andrews will have a good fantasy season, but the question is which one of these wide receivers will have a good fantasy season going into this year and which one will get heavily targeted. And I think there's a good chance that that ends up being Bateman because he is at this point, the longest tenured receiver on the freaking Ravens roster. That's a, that's a starting wide receiver. Um, And he already has a kind of has a connection with Lamar. So, um, Mm. and if you know, we see in training camp that Odell has an injury already, that of course, but Bateman has the talent, he has the ability, he's got to come out and show it. And I think at pick 111, that's not a bad area to get him. I would much prefer that over drafting, uh, wow, I was going to say JSN again. This is just unbelievable. I'd rather have that than have Zay Flowers, who is, you Mm. know, right in front of him. At pick yep. 109. So, I would take Rashad Bateman right now over Zay Flowers. I would take him over Odell Beckham, who is 119. So, I think, you know, they're all in the same area. If you had to pick one Ravens wide receiver right now, I would pick
1: I would Rashad take Beckham. Bateman. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think Bateman is another guy that we had last year who kind of disappointed us, uh, who we had high expectations for. Obviously, he got injured, but even before the injury, he wasn't like... He was doing okay, but he wasn't doing what we kind of hoped. Mm -hmm. Um, He was on pace before he got injured for just 51 catches, which is low. But 969 yards and seven touchdowns, which isn't that bad. Yeah. So he's on pace to having like an okay season before he got hurt, but not like anything great. And then you add Odell, you add Zay Flowers. And it's like, okay, where does he kind of fit in? But I feel, I agree with you. I think Odell's probably going to get hurt. I think um, Zay Flowers, who I like, but is a rookie, might take some time. I think we could see at times Bateman having – he's going to be one of those flashy guys, and then he might have a bad week, and then he'll put up big numbers and then have a bad week. Um, but at pick 112, and as the 44th receiver, absolutely, I am drafting him. Because I do think he's probably the wide receiver one there in Baltimore when, it, when it's all said and done in terms of total finish points. And one – thing about the Ravens offense everything this offseason has pointed and, and again we don't know until it actually happens and it could just be mm-hmm. just talking but everything has pointed to the Ravens throwing the ball more this year Lamar has said he wants to throw the ball 600 times again I don't think that's happening yeah but they asked um their new offensive coordinator Munkin I believe mm-hmm. and they asked him do you plan on throwing the ball more this year and he said "Quote, absolutely." Um running can quote running can only take you so far in this league. Mm -hmm. So that's a I like that quote for their passing offense. Um so I do expect them to throw the ball more this year. It's just how much, right? Like if they throw the ball more, but it's not like that much more, it's not gonna help. If they become a high volume passing offense though, then it will help. Um but you also have to remember that Mark Andrews is there too, who people forget about so they do have a lot of weapons and he's not Bateman is, also could get injured. So there's a lot of question marks with him, just like all these guys on this list. There's a reason that they're being drafted as low as they are. But if you're going to take a flyer on those Ravens receivers, Bateman should be the guy you take the flyer on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Any more thoughts on these guys? No, that's it. All right. There you go. Wide receiver sleepers. There's a longer show per usual. Uh, we got <laughs> tight end sleepers on the next show. So be sure to That'll check be that out. That definitely will be quicker. Um, be sure to check that out and enjoy the rest of the content we release this week. Next week, we'll be back at you with a mock draft. See you later, guys. Ooh. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The FF Champs.